Rick Madison and Scott Lanigan, chair of Central Okanagan Journey Home Society, delve into the problems surrounding Kelowna's homelessness issue and interview community stakeholders to discover possible solutions. Rick Madison here with the lovely Shannon Christensen. Hello, welcome. Well, hello. Thanks for having me. So, Shannon, uh, we're going to dive right in. So, Mamas for Mamas is your charity. You are known as the Big Mama. I, I am, yeah. And and I want to find out from you, um, there's a story, and I want you to start off with that story about that, I believe she was a 19-year-old uh, pregnant woman who reached out on social media. Just tell me a bit about that story, because I, I think that really epitomizes your charity. Yeah, it was the very first kind of person I'd found on social media when I was looking for something to fill my own heart. My dad had just passed away. I had these little babies and I was um, emotionally in poverty, but I had the funds to reach out and help somebody. So I was on Facebook. It was a shop and swap kind of a site and uh, she'd reached out for groceries. Can anyone help with food? I've already been to the food bank this month. She didn't know what resources were available. And there were about 300 comments and almost every single one of them was bashing her, shaming her, um, calling her names, giving her all sorts of trouble about something that, you know, we're telling people to be proud of reaching out for help, to be strong and to, to ask your neighbor. And that's exactly what she did. And so I saw the post, I commented, you know, I'm going to send you a private message. Please delete this post you don't need to ever you know pay for your support that you need with your dignity this is crazy um i asked her what would you like to eat like what would you like for groceries if you could have anything in the world tonight you know what would you like to eat and she said spaghetti and i'm like oh my god like i have goosebumps as i say this spaghetti is my favorite meal i love making a bolognese i'll spend eight hours doing a nice sauce and i'm thinking to myself all she wants are the noodles and a can of um you know, ragu or whatever she could do. So I went and I bought about $300 worth of groceries. I did a shop like I would for my family. I bought all the produce in season, out of season. I got her probably enough to make 10 or 15 spaghetti dinners, like everything in there. And I just thought like, wow, this this made my day. This feels so great. So we're on our way. I've got my little baby Jacob. He's strapped to my chest and I've got my little baby Jimmy and he's in the wheelbarrow or the, not the wheelbarrow. <laughs> He's in the wagon. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> anyway, so he's in the wagon and I'm pulling him up and I'm about to leave all the groceries on her front step and just go because I didn't want it to be a whole thing. And she opens the door and she's quite pregnant and she's got a baby and she's 19 and she's like, her, her place was so cute. Like she was working so hard to just provide, you know? And I kind of stopped short and I see her. And our eyes lock and she just starts crying and I start crying and then the baby on the chest starts crying, the baby in the wagon starts crying. And I just, it was the most amazing feeling I had had and it was the first time I felt happy since my dad had passed away and I thought, there might be something here. Right. And it felt so good, Rick. Oh my gosh. So that that moment, so with that, for the listeners, and thank you for listening to this podcast, by the way. Uh, for the listeners, what is Mamas for Mamas? Because I, I know, you know, you've done a wonderful job of branding it. Uh, we hear about it. But what what does it do and how is it connected to, because this podcast is really about, you know, trying to understand homelessness in Kelowna. How does it tap into or how does it support help 
the homelessness issue that faces Kelowna? Yeah, so Mamas for Mamas is a specialized poverty relief agency that fills the gaps in whatever available resources are in our community. So wherever we are, if it's Vancouver, Kelowna, Langley, we have a really comprehensive um, understanding of what resources are available. Where can you go for rental support? Um, where can you go to help find a place to live? Where can you go for childcare? So we navigate those resources with the mamas, with our social workers and our victim service workers. We've got an incredible team, highly trained people who will walk with you and do with you to find the resources. We'll go through your Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And homelessness is a huge issue for our mamas. Um, you know, the, at the very basic core of who we are, our nervous systems can't settle and we can't be strong as parents and individuals if we're in chronic fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And when you are uh, without shelter, you are in chronic fight or flight. There's always a threat. There's always a risk because you don't have safe shelter. That's why it's at the very bottom of Maslow's hierarchy because if you don't have that, there's no point in looking for uh, groceries or self-actualization. <laughs> you know, you really have to focus on um, safe, affordable housing. So Mamas for Mamas works with any and all agencies that connect with housing. We work with the uh, second stage housing developments like Caris, now Canada. We work with the women's shelter. Um, we help women get into the women's shelter and we help them come out of the women's shelter. And at each stage, there's something different we can do for them. So there's no point in finding rental subsidies while they're going into the shelter because right now we're trying to make sure that you are emotionally looked after, physically looked after, Um, And then we get you back into a housing situation that you can afford long term. So it is a huge mission of ours to make sure there's no mama left behind, there's no papa left behind, there's no child left behind. That only makes sense when we're focusing on housing as a primary target of our poverty relief services. So what what would be, let's just understand for a moment, if Mamas for Mamas didn't exist... And, and these people were basically falling through the, the cracks. What would that look like for them? Like what, how would they, I mean, again, if, if you didn't have that moment of clarity and, and start this, where would, where would that end us up? Well, it's interesting because um, kindness as currency is one of the biggest uh, pieces of Mamas for Mamas that I think culturally has shifted the way we treat each other here in Kelowna and across Canada as mothers. Um, You know, eight years ago, seven years ago, when I was thinking about building something like this or trying to put it into action, the whole goal was to break down the competition between mothers. It was never supposed to be a real agency. I was already doing trauma counseling full time for sexual assault victims and survivors and I was just trying to find a way to help fill a few little gaps here and there. And it turns out the gaps were chasms. Like they, they, we had these unbelievable gaps that were getting bigger and bigger because we weren't reaching out to help our neighbor. We were judging them for not having what we thought they should. So it is an emotional piece when you're working with a mama as a peer on the Facebook group. We've got 18,000 moms that are helping one another with whatever they need. So that's the, the first line of defense. You know, you go onto the Facebook group, you ask for what you need. Very, very often, another mom will provide it for you. So the charity is not what solves poverty. It's community that solves poverty. It's the charitable safety net that makes sure there's no mama left behind. Um, despite the best interests of the peer-to-peer Facebook group, sometimes you just can't get what you need from there. There's no money that ever exchanges hands because we don't want there to be a barrier for individuals reaching out and getting a crib for free or a stroller for free, not a wheelbarrow, but a wagon for free. You know, getting access to items that will improve your quality of life without breaking the bank is one of the pillars of Mamas for Mamas that makes sure that we are building longer tables rather than higher fences. Like it takes the same amount of wood and effort, Rick. What is the actual point? 
other than shaming and blaming and uh, creating this sort of situation where people have to experience um, lack of dignity in order to come out of a situation. I just don't agree that that's, that that should be part of it at all. So the, in, in your eyes, the community has enough abundance to help all these people. And is that, if we were to go broader strokes, would that be something we could look at for all of homelessness? Like not just the people that you're serving, but also for the grander scheme. Is it, do you think that there is, you know, it's a distribution, um, it's, it's being able to put faces and names to these people, it's, it's coming around, like it does take a village? Is that what you think? Oh, absolutely. I think that the the biggest reason we still have such a huge homelessness issue is because everybody's saying, it's not my issue. Poverty, Rick, is everybody's issue. And homelessness doesn't occur because somebody wants to be there. It occurs because of a social structure that is, in its essence, unequal. It is a systemic issue that only changes when the system changes it. And people like us who talk about it and start to make change in how the the conversation is even being had, we need to remove uh, shame and stigma completely from the conversation. We need to go housing first. We absolutely have the ability in this country to end homelessness. You provide free housing, and I realize I sound socialist here, but you know I'm not. I'm just thinking long-term big picture. We need to make sure that people have a place to live with on-site support for addiction, for trauma. People living out who are dealing with addiction aren't there because they thought it would be fun to do drugs one day and ended up on the street. They are working through their own trauma in a way that makes sense to them that doesn't make sense to the rest of society. But just because we don't get it or understand it doesn't mean we don't need to fix it. So two things I want to point out to to those people listening again thank you is one of the, your background is uh, trauma counsel. Yeah, and forensic psychology. So I did my internship at Youth Forensic Psychiatric Services where I was exposed to um some really interesting uh, family cases. Um, a big part of my job was doing psychosocial um, write-ups. So I'd spend two months doing a write-up from the time that child was born to the time that child came to me at 15 for engaging in a violent sexual assault or murder or whatever they were charged with. My job was to help them avoid recidivism or you know, engaging in that crime again. So I spent a long time learning exactly what the triggers were for when they started falling off the rails. And it was such a pattern, you know, lack of attachment, lack of support. Um, Their mothers were often um, very overwhelmed and stressed in their own lives and dealing with their own trauma. So we were looking at generational trauma here. And so coming back to your your question around what would happen if Mamas for Mamas wasn't here, there would be a lot more people falling through the cracks. There would be a lot more people who didn't feel like they had a safe place to go if they were hurting or struggling. Um, And there'd be a lot more competition among mamas locally that has been replaced with compassion. And I've seen it over the years where it's not even just online anymore where people are connecting with kindness currency. I see it in the grocery stores. I see it on the street. I see the way people talk to each other has changed. And if that's all we ever ended up doing through Mamas, it would have been a massive success. So a couple of things I want to draw attention to is I found out um, that you did the, I, I think, in my eyes, an ultimate sacrifice, which was you you sold your home. Like you yeah. sold your home to fund this thing. <laughs> I did. And and that to me was, so in your eyes and, and for the people listening, help us understand that moment of you speaking to your <laughs> husband and saying, hey, hey. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> we're going to not have this 
big home anymore. We're just yeah. going to sell it. So why, why was it? And, and it sounded like he's a gem of a guy. He really is. Um, for saying, you know what? Like, tell me about that moment. Yeah, it was. So when my dad passed away, he left me an inheritance. And um, I was blessed at the age of 23 to get into the housing market. So we bought this home that was a little too big for us anyway, but it was my husband's parents. Made sense. Quail Ridge. But it was like a 3,000, 3,200 square foot home. Um, all the bells and whistles, heated floors. I mean, it was it was lovely. Um, I, it didn't feel right from the beginning because I just, I don't know, there's something about it. It just didn't fit. But we were there for a few years and 2017, Mamas for Mamas was going from a garage-based kind of uh, off the side of my desk organization uh, to I quit my job where I was full-time trauma counseling. I now had no income. And I knew I needed to supplement our family's income as well as come up with about $100,000 to keep Mamas for Mamas going because I just signed a commercial lease for $3,600 a month and we had $300 in our bank. Now, I realize anybody in business listening to this is like, what an idiot. Um, I would prefer to say... Um, Visionary? Um, um, I'm not even sure. Maybe maybe brave uh, or or completely crazy, I'm not sure. But I had an idea that if we just pushed it a little further and if we had a little bit of capital to get it off the ground and I could start hiring people even for 10 hours a week to do social work, you know, it, entire volunteer-based teams are incredibly difficult to operate because you're paying them with kindness currency and sometimes that's not enough. So I went home one day and I said to Dylan, okay, so I just signed a lease. I found the perfect space for mamas. I'm so excited, but I'm the guarantor and we have very little to, to contribute back to that. So I can either, you know, renege on the lease. Like I, I have two days to say, no, I changed my mind. And we go back to making it a Facebook group and I do private practice and I can make bank and I can do this off the side. Or I said, we sell this house. We find something a lot smaller and a lot more inexpensive and I quit my job for real and we just do this. And he was like, well, let's call the realtor. Like, wow. what, you know, what do you, what do you think you're saying? Like, you can't just not keep doing this, Shan. Like this is, he always said, like, when you talk about mamas for mamas, I see that gleam in your eye that you used to see before your dad died. Like it was, it was a life changing thing for me to lose him. He was my person. Um, and he said, your dad would be pissed if I let you give this up. <laughs> Like, he'd be pissed. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <clears throat> Took a long time to sell the house. It was just one of those things. Um, but we did. And uh, it was the most liberating feeling in the world, having money in the bank and actually getting Mamas for Mamas, like, real, like a real agency. Um, I didn't get paid for the first 18 months to 24 months that we were there. I mean, I was just like the women who were volunteering with me were almost getting evicted from their homes because they weren't working. They were volunteering and they couldn't afford to keep doing it. So I was like, I can't afford to not invest in you guys somehow. And kindness currency is great, but it's just not paying the rent. You know what I'm saying, Rick? It's just not paying the rent. So that was a really big leap. And honestly, I'm so glad we did it. It was very um, scary and the best kind of scary. So tell me about now, like tell me about today, because it sounds like Mamas for Mamas is, is national. You have you have these wonderful people across scattered across Canada. Tell me about the like what you're doing. It sounds like you're moving everything forward and it sounds like you're getting some traction. That's right. I'd say that we are um, we're going to have an actual flagship physical location in each province by the end of 2025. That's kind of the long term. I mean, for me, that's long term 
you know, <laughs> everything wants, I want everything to happen tomorrow. Um, but we have branches, we have 62 satellite branches that run all throughout Canada and each and every one of those can grow into its own physical location. Uh, it's not a cost to buy into like owning a Mamas for Mamas franchise. It's all run through head office. We just need your sweat equity for some time to get that um, that mission and that movement off the ground in your area. It only took Vancouver six months from the time they started really talking about getting a space to having four full-time staff members, a $500,000 budget that they actually funded and completely took over their own operations. So it really depends on... Uh, you need a social worker, a business-minded person, you know, CPA-style bookkeeper, and you need somebody who's really good with social media and community connection. Those are the three major kind of people with the skill sets we need to start a branch. Red Deer is just about to explode because they've got the social worker, the social media person, and they've got um, people who are really um, fiscally responsible and business-minded, and they're coming up with business proposals and budgets. And so you need a little bit of of all of those people to make it work um, and we've got basically the opportunity to open as many branches as we want as long as we have the people who are willing to engage in the training the trainer model they learn how to fundraise from me they learn all about the budgets from Carla they learn about all the operations from Megan if they're gonna launch a mental health program they work with Melissa anybody who's building a program or a service they work with Lindsay so we have these really brilliant women here in Kelowna that are training everyone across Canada with the exact way we do it here so it's like McDonald's you get a big mama Big Mac everywhere you go <laughs> the big mama treatment you know everywhere you go whether you're in Ontario Prince George Grand Prairie Calgary you walk into a mama's for mama's you're gonna know that you can feel like you're home so a congratulations because it sounds like you jumped in both feet well your whole family mm. did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did you know um, but I, I think that's exceptional I think a lot of people listening are are probably you know, probably reevaluating, going, what you know, what would be important to me, and and how can I help? So, um, a few things before we get into how people can help. What obviously, Mamas for Mamas doesn't, you know, kindness is a currency, but the real currency is money. And you are not government funded. We're very minimally government funded. So in our you know, $1.6 million budget for 2021, we received about $60,000 from the government in its in its kind of entirety. Um, we did get a $30,000 grant from the um, uh, civil forfeiture uh, division, which is amazing. And that's where proceeds of crimes get redistributed to people who work with survivors of crimes. So we were able to hire a victim service worker this year through that contract. But the reason that we are, I'd say, you know, 90% plus privately funded is because we fill the gaps from the agencies that are government funded. So they have a mandate, $43,500 and under, I got you, I can help you. But if you make $45,000, sorry, you're SOL. So we come in and we say, well, maybe there's a different agency that can help you with this. So we, we never duplicate an effort because it doesn't help anyone. We go out and we will spend two weeks finding somebody that does something rather than do it ourselves so that we are utilizing their services and funding their services so that we can have a strong social network of nonprofits that work together. Because that's the other piece of this. It's not just kindness currency for the mamas. It's kindness currency for the agencies that serve a similar demographic. You know, we all work together on our homelessness prevention plans. Um, you know, we have meetings all the time with all of these other amazing nonprofit directors, and they're like, "Man, I gotta do 
doozy of a case. It's going to be three grand. We don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to house this person? So between six of our agencies, we each throw in 500 bucks from our rental subsidy programs. Bing, bang, boom. This mama's covered and she'll be good to go. But if one of us had to do it, we wouldn't have the budget. And traditionally, nonprofits don't come together to collaborate like that because there's this scarcity mindset that used to really be um, prominent in that there's only a big enough piece of the pie for each of us. Well, I call BS. I just went and got a different pie. Like I just, you know, I don't want to compete for the government pie. I'd rather go and get like a meat pie, you know, Australian meat pie. You know, I don't need apple pie. You know, I want to do something that's going to make sure that the agencies that are doing great things stay in operation and I just get to fill the gaps for them and with them so that not only do they love working with us, but the clients get the best treatment possible. Like that at the end of the day, it's not about who gets the credit, it's about who gets the help. So your mindset is the right one. And and it's... Oh, I think you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell that to my husband. I'm like, I'm just to kidding. anyone listening to this, it she is a, a force of nature. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so the one thing I did want to mention is uh, recently you've you've uh, partnered with a business, uh, a new concept, and I think this might be good for business owners' ears to hear is that, you know, this, this company, this online company, uh, took it upon themselves to give you 51% of their proceeds, and they really want to help Mamas for Mamas. So tell me a bit about the company that, that approached you, and, and they're giving you this amount of money. Yeah, so okay, Second Slumber is awesome. And actually, the first reason I was really excited to work with them was because of the environmental impact. So Mamas for Mamas is obviously very concerned about the environment. I mean, look at what's happening with the wildfires, look at what's happening in the world. We need our kids to have clean water and clean air. When I found out that there was like thousands and thousands of tons of beds getting dumped into dumps, like uh, all across Canada, all across the world, I don't, I think it's like 80 million beds or $80 million worth of beds, something like that, that's just being thrown away. So they came up with this logistical um, operation that I just thought was absolutely brilliant. And I always love working with people that think outside the box, that want to do things differently. And as I'm sitting there listening to him talk, I was thinking like, this hits literally every one of our pillars. This hits the environmental pillar where we're keeping beds from the landfill, which is epic. We are making sure that other families have access to beds that are affordable. So what what this whole deal is, you return a bed within the first 30 days. Let's say it's, I don't know, one of those like uh, bed in a box kind of things. So like Haven, ND, those ones, uh, you know, you basically have 30 days to see if you like it. If you don't like it, you ship it back. So now what they're doing is they're putting those beds in like a nice sanitized bag. They're going to sanitize them, put a bed bag on it. And then our mamas can buy these beds for half price or you know, anybody in the community can buy them for half price. And our mamas are going to help facilitate some of the, you know, meeting the people at the storage unit, checking out the bed, making sure it's good. And then we get 51% of those funds to help that particular branch grow. So we've got, I think, 20 beds out in Ontario right now. They're going to be redistributed and sold in Kitchener-Waterloo, which is amazing. And Jessica and Amanda, they're just killing it out there. But now they have a way to actually raise funds without just hosting an event. Right now with COVID, everything's a little up in the air in terms of what we can do for fundraising. So every single time one of these beds is sold, we're saving it from going into the landfill. We're getting 51% of the proceeds that goes right back to those mamas who are on the ground doing the work if they want to sell 100 beds they can help so many more mamas and they can build a job for themselves so this is giving a hand up not just a handout to our mamas in those areas that are 
further away from head office that might not have the same capacity to fundraise to the point of getting an office space or positions. But this is offering us the opportunity to do that um, in a passive way that doesn't take up too much of our time, but it also allows us to engage in environmental support for all the areas. We bring in funds and we partner with a company that really meets our values. Right. It just makes sense, you know? It's interesting when I was uh, president of Big Brothers Big Sisters Okanagan. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, well, I know. I, of course you were. Of course you were. Uh, there was a, we had a Renew crew, and Renew crew uh, built the you know help build and fund the program, which is key. Like I mean, a lot of people know that charities cost money. They cost money to run logistics, administration, and I think you know when you have that engine behind you, and you touched on it. When it doesn't take a lot of time, but I mean, obviously, it takes a little bit of you know coordination. Those are the best scenarios. So, so for the people listening, um, you know, it's uh, one of the ways that you can help out a charity is is basically we want to help a charity, but I think you don't want to inundate them with a ton of work. And totally. I think that's the key. Well, it has to be a mutually beneficial arrangement. Whenever charities work with corporations and businesses, it's a huge mandate of ours that they benefit as much as we do because that is the mama's way you know everybody should really feel like they are connected to whatever mission it is that we're working on so another really cool part of the second slumber partnership is when they have beds that don't sell for whatever reason after a certain amount of time we get to give those beds to our mamas at no charge so there's this really beautiful reciprocal um, you know, circular economy that's, that we're engaging in on a bigger scale now that we're all across Canada with Second Slumber. It's not just here in the Okanagan that we can make sure that mamas have you know, a safe place to, to lay their heads in a comfortable place without bed bugs and all that nonsense that people in poverty often have to deal with. Um, they're providing an increased quality of life. They're providing access to a decent night's sleep, which allows you to have better mental health, better connection to your family because you're not completely wiped out all the time. <clears throat> you know, sleep is one of the most important, you know, social determinants of health or personal determinants of health that we often just kind of put to the wayside um, in, in, in the effort to hustle our way through everything. And this kind of whole thing allows us to hustle um, without the burnout. Um, in, in closing, people are listening and, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are wanting to help. How do they help Mamas for Mamas and, and is there more than one way to help? I mean, obviously writing a check is great, but is there other ways to help? Oh my gosh, literally um, everybody can be part of Mamas for Mamas, which is my favorite part about it. The inclusivity and the sense of belonging in giving back in some way is huge. You know, we've got a farm. If you have a green thumb or even a brown thumb, like I can't grow anything, but I still go out and I weed. I bring my kids out every Sunday and we just like clean it up and we spend time. You know, volunteering is just as helpful as writing a check because then we're not having to pay those people to come in and help us run the store, help us on the farm. Um, we produced just under 50,000 pounds of fresh, um, no spray produce last year and about 20,000 eggs. And it was about six cents per pound when we did the math on what it cost us because of all the volunteer support we had. So we fed so many families um, in such a beautiful way and gave them real food, not just canned food. And they come back and they volunteer on the farm now. So they feel like they're part of a community rather than receiving help from a charity. 
So there's that piece. And then there's, you know, yes, absolutely, if you own a company. Like Modern Pure Air, they donate 1% of their entire franchise to Mamas for Mamas, and it goes back to their local areas. So it was about $75,000 last year that we got from Modern Pure Air. And it was from you know, all the way out east to all the way out, out out west. And people were able to actually access crisis relief funds in their area, specifically earmarked for Vancouver, Richmond, wherever there's a modern pure air, we put that money back to that community. Wow. So there's really cool ways of doing that. They get a great tax receipt, you know, right off, but they also get all the information, no names and specifics, but they get the information about where did that 1% go? How many kids did we help this month? I talk to April all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, and this one's happening and this is happening. And oh, do you mind if we use half of it for this? Because we need to do a full mouth extraction for our fill the gap dental program. Um, So we had to have the entire bottom and entire top rows removed of this little boy's mouth because he'd had a bottle in his mouth while he was sleeping and all the teeth were rotted. So if we let that continue, it would have been, his adult teeth would have been rotted. So this is a preventative measure but was also an intervention measure that we were able to do because of Modern Pure Air's donation through Pure Kids. But then we also worked with Care Dental, who was like, we'll give you this discount. They were unbelievable when we, like, we had a mama who lost a baby at 38 weeks, um, and she was in the hospital. She got intubated, and her tooth got knocked out while she was being intubated. Um, The hospital didn't cover that, so we had a $12,000 bill we were looking at to help her, you know, regain some of her dignity after not only losing her baby but her tooth it was like insult to injury and uh, at the end of the day I think we paid $1,800 because of care and because of modern care like it's just so there's so many ways to give back if you have a company that does anything health-wise we're looking for somebody who does um, fill the gap dental or, or um, hearing so we've got the deaf and hard of hearing program we're looking to work with individuals who got access to um, hearing aids batteries molds um occupational therapists like if you have time and you have an expertise of some kind and you want to give back we would love that so yeah I mean you can you can write a check or you can uh, come in and give your time or you can join the Facebook group and give your items back to other mamas directly because long as you are trying to make the world a better place you're contributing to mamas for mamas Shannon today was amazing we could talk for hours we could we really could (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for coming in and, and, and really peeling back the layers of Mamas for Mamas and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for listening in on the Homeless in Kelowna podcast. If you have feedback, reach out to us via email, rick at tempestmedia.net.